Hello. Welcome loyal listeners and novice newcomers alike. We're about to go on a trip. And just like the day after a spicy vindaloo, this trip is going to take us face to face with the fiery bowels of hell itself. Today I'm joined, of course, by a regular guest, editor, writer and heavy rum drinker, uh, Matt Goward. I'll have you know, this is a very large cup of tea. (laughs) Bullshit. It's lemon and ginger as well. (laughs) Not even caffeine. All right, all right. Give me, let me, let me do the other intro. Come on. All right, fucking hell. Well, I just don't want you to fucking label me as an alcoholic. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, okay. Disclaimer, disclaimer. There's no alcohol being consumed. We're also joined by someone once described as the most handsome man this side of the Orwell River. I'm of course talking about <laughs> producer Shipton Osmani. Say hello. <laughs> that is a ridiculous intro. I love it. Hello. Hello, mate. Nice to see you. Oh, hey. Thanks for having me on. We've completely ditched uh, Isaac this time. Well, he's ditched us, rather. He's away this week. Um, so we've got a shiny new part in our machine, which is you. No pressure. Very exciting. Um, I'm actually terribly nervous to be on. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, you guys are You're established now. You're um, <laughs> established. I think four or five episodes out. Yeah. You know what? I'm finding it hard to record now we're recording them whilst they're out. It was kind of easier to record them whilst no one had actually listened to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you find yourself like really aware of like your what you say or what, what is it that makes it weird? I need to stop describing things I like as fucking phenomenal. No, <laughs> that's your catchphrase, mate. That's your catchphrase. <laughs> that's all right. I'm just worried I'm going to like spiel a lot of uh, factually incorrect things out <laughs> oh that's where i come in so future matt yeah please you're gonna you're gonna have to do a lot of uh <laughs> jumping in <laughs> there is a lot of uh very intense um lingo especially because this game is obviously set within the greek pantheon um i'm of course talking about hades the hack and slash dungeon crawler developed by Supergiant games that was officially released in 2020 but some people played it beforehand because it was out in various forms. Uh, it's been out since 2018. Um, so I guess we'll start with our first impressions. Um, Matt, you've played it for the longest period of time. So maybe we'll go to Shipton first to get a kind of fresh perspective on the game. Um, what were your initial thoughts? Um, well, the first couple of runs, I, I kind of downloaded this game before I kind of read anything. I didn't do any background research. Um but what I did know is I recently saw that it was um, it won best game uh, at the BAFTA Game Awards, oh, yeah. um, along with some other kind of awards, and I was like a little bit pumped to play it, you know. Um, but first few tries, I, I I wasn't like I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, was yeah. really touch and go there at the beginning, and purely because just the aspect of dying over and over, it was like ah. And the inner rage, the the inner ego. I don't know if I could take it, but uh, yeah. I, first impressions, visually stunning. Mm. The voices mm. were mm, just like crispy, crispy. <laughs> melting your ear. Crispy um, voices, and yeah, chaotic fun. I loved it. I know what you mean about the, uh, yeah, going into it thinking maybe you might not like it. Because I started playing Hades off the back of, like, playing loads of COD. Just playing absolutely loads of so Warzone. So I. I that game, yeah. With mates, just trying to basically have a bit of fun and socialise. So, yeah, it was weird coming into a game that was stylistically very different than that. Obviously, it's like, I think the term is cel-shaded. It's a, a little bit more cartoony, maybe. Um, slightly anime-influenced. But also... It's a, it's a one-player game, you know, and you're dying a lot. It's it's a very solitary, dark experience. I don't know if you thought that, Matt. I really like single-player games, to be fair, much more than multiplayer. Really? I, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah. I, I, I say that. You should see the hours that I've put into Warzone over these three <laughs> knockdowns. It is obscene. I've never about. played this much COD in my life. I'm finally good at COD. I never played it when I was 16. Now I'm 26 and I'm excellent at... Co- well, not excellent, but I'm much better. Um, but yeah, I I came into Hades. I've played Supergiant's first two games, Bastion and Transistor. And I absolutely loved Bastion. I need to give Transistor another go because I should have liked it a lot more, but it just didn't quite click. 
Were they very similar in terms of look? Uh, no, not really. Bastion looks a bit more cartoony, and um, Transistor's very like angular, like much more like graphic novel. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, hard edges, self shaded, hard edges. Yeah, yeah. yeah, looks looks so cool, and the music in Transistor is bloody beautiful there we go there we go that's not a fucking phenomenal bloody Bloody beautiful i saw hades get released in early access and i don't really try early access games i would rather just play it when it's done yeah yeah other than minecraft i think i was playing when it was like early access minecraft that must have been fucking ages ago yeah i was in high school so it would have been like it was around my gcse's i definitely remember not revising for english because i was playing minecraft So I was like, all right, I'll wait for it to fully come out. And then it got launched on Switch. Also, it was PC only. I didn't really have a PC for yeah, gaming yeah, at that yeah. point. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's recently been released on Switch, hasn't it? Yeah. Last last year, when it went to like 1.0, it got released on Switch. And I was like, fuck it, I'll pick it up. Because it was like 16 quid on the like, for the first week. It had a discount if you got it in the first week. And... Honestly, from the first like two rooms of combat, I knew that I was gonna absolutely love this game. Did you straight 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 from the onset? As soon as it was fun to like the combat was fun, yeah, yeah, and fast and frenetic. I was just like, okay, if this keeps just like evolving and changing up aspects, especially because I do love a rogue light or a rogue like. I can never remember which one it is, if it's roguelike it's, or roguelike. I think it's roguelike. I'm saying that because I've got it in my notes, so I don't get it wrong. Thank you very much. There's a really good roguelike I've played called Slay the Spire, but that's like a card deck building roguelike. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also excellent. I've never played any roguelike games. Like, I can't remember ever playing a game where I died so, where I've died so much because roguelikes, that's like a typical feature of them isn't it that you kind of die a shitload yeah that you just keep trying and trying and each there are some roguelikes where like you don't get any growth in between you have like nothing to upgrade Mm. um there's one like deck called dead cells which i never really got into because i found it so difficult to make progress and i wasn't getting either better at playing it or my character wasn't getting better at fighting or getting better weapons so i just sort of hit a stale point uh, something i just hit something <laughs> yeah i think i think it was that shield for me when um when i got that shield that's and uh know. that that's when i started to really kind of fall in love with it flying around like captain america <laughs> in the underworld captain America of the underworld oh yeah you're right yeah. as soon as i got the shield that was when it went from i really like this game game to fuck me i love this yeah, game yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it could yeah cause real havoc i am um, i had a bit of a tough time with the bow i'm not gonna lie me and the bow have a bit of a history because um, I, yeah, initially, I guess I, you kind of, you, you're kind of sort of feeling out the game and trying to figure out like which things work best for you and which things to combine. And the fact that this game has got the boons is quite an interesting little um, element to it, because I suppose it keeps it more interesting, doesn't it, with every run through. But I noticed about 10, about 10 sort of runs through that using the Athena boon, the um, the one that deflects when you dash was like the way to do it like that was like almost i almost felt like i was cheating as, <laughs> as soon as i discovered athena's boons i then just kept trying to replicate yeah, runs yeah. where i got her boon for everything so i was just i could just deflect everything and it yeah is, yeah yeah especially when you get it on the shield like with the shield throw so you can throw it at projectiles oh my god so satisfying uh, yeah the athena i love athena me too what did you guys um what did you guys play this game on i played it on switch i played it on pc man on a PC, on a yeah. laptop mate <laughs> on a laptop yeah with a mouse. Oh, on the keyboard on keyboard and mouse yeah same which... i think this is the first kind of pc game with a yeah keyboard and mouse i've i've ever played um or at least in a very long time really so you... it must have been fucking easy when you first started yeah i'm i to be honest i thought it'd be a lot better uh i mean I, my job i send about like a shitload of emails every day i thought you know these nimble fingers like come on i've got this i didn't get it but um but the one real good thing was um the aiming with the mouse was like super easy you just yeah. click where you want to go and you're like you're there so 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually got a controller and obviously I've been rocking the the, uh, the old mouse as well and the keyboard. But when I moved, I so, I so for a while I didn't have a controller and I was just on the keys and then I switched the controller and I was shit, basically. Because <laughs> it's, it's a different game. You go from it being really aim-focused and kind of running around like a madman to then like actually having loads of control over your movement but then not being able to figure out like how to aim properly for a while. That's how I felt about it. But um, maybe that's just because I have uh, something wrong with my thumbs. Um, no, I did wonder, like, you know, there's a certain point in the game where you think, am I really terrible or, you know, could this be easier with a, on the Switch? Um, I, I Personally, I'm probably just not that good a gamer. I've played a ton load of COD yeah, and I'm, I'm still no good at it. But... <laughs> I think you're all right. <laughs> I, I have you a lot saved of fun. me a you... few times. No, you guys know I'm, I'm the liability on the team. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I play, I play with some game. bigger liabilities, don't worry. Uh, although, Brian, that one time, me, you, Ben, I think I, I clutched it in the end. Oh, yeah. Didn't you win? Didn't you win we, for us? Yeah, we won. That was sick. That was my uh, my shining moment. In terms of media, like over lockdown, ship, have you been like, have you been gaming much or have you been on the old series, the movies? What's been your vice? Um, no, mostly um, books, TV and film. Yeah, I haven't been gaming. I've stopped kind of playing Call of Duty, which is the last game I was like really into. Um, and I, I'm one of those people where like if I start a, an RPG like Red Dead 2 or anything that you can sink your teeth into, I'm just going to spend way too much time. Um, <laughs> probably best not to, I think. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like there is a time it's now. Do you know what I mean? Or at least it, what, it was. Yeah, very the true. Time. When lockdown hit, I was really annoyed that I'd already played Red Dead 2 because I was like, my God, that would be an amazing Could you imagine lockdown first experience. that world. I needed a big RPG. I played Final Fantasy VII. Which was a nice lockdown game. The, re- the remake? Yeah, remake. It's a big old game. It's a big old beast of a game. I want to talk about the underworld, guys. I want to talk about family. I want to talk about relationships. I want to talk about, in particular, Hades as a father figure. One of the things I noticed about the game when I started playing it for the first time was the fact that the dialogue is just so punchy and it's super witty. And that's like one of the most, I think that's probably one of the things that kind of kept me coming back. Obviously the gameplay was amazing, but it was so like self-referential and it would almost take the piss out of the player playing the game. Um, but it was quite an interesting way of of um, of playing because I felt like it was quite tongue-in-cheek and a little bit cheeky, which is a very different tone to um, some of the games that we've talked about that we were playing over lockdown. Um, what did you think of the writing style ship? Yeah, I, th- I thought uh, that the main guy was proper, like, he's a bit snarky, isn't it? Really sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and for me, you know, like, an angsty teen trying to rebel against his uh, his dad. Against his dad, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're talking my language, like, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my Sorry. jam, son. Um, no, I don't know if you guys have had, like, strict parents oh, growing God, up yeah. uh, mm. as teenagers. No, mine weren't strict enough. You were, yours weren't strict enough? No. Mine was so strict that they probably wouldn't have let me play Hades just because it had like, the, de- the devil's <laughs> name in it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah. the level we're, we're talking about, Ryan. <laughs> that's it. Uh, but yeah, no, I loved it. I, I love that kind of aspect of the game. And um, the this idea of all his other family members are like, rooting for him. He's, you've got like Zeus, his uncle, and uh, all these other greek gods and some some help aren't they from mount olympus raining down on them i forgot to ask have either of you escaped have either of you got out i've escaped i've escaped i escaped escaped? yeah i think it was my 37th attempt i escaped and uh i won't spoil it for those that are listening but um yeah it didn't ruin the game for me if anything it made it better have you have did you keep playing after you escaped? Yeah, I kept playing for a bit. I did feel like I did feel like okay, this like I see where this is going. Like I could play forever essentially, and yeah. potentially not you know not complete in quotation marks. But um, but yeah, no, I think it was good. It had like mass. Yeah, obviously got massive replayability because that's the nature of the game. Um, 
but the fact that they kind of I remember getting to the last the last sort of um the last I guess floor of of hell itself the temple of sticks oh yeah yeah I think it was temple of sticks and seeing uh, Cerberus the dog and being like shit this is the yeah. final battle but it's not is it no I remember as soon as you come you come through the door and you the camera like moves and you just see Cerberus's head and I'm just like oh no don't make me fight Cerberus no, <laughs> don't make dog. me fight Cerberus <laughs> Because every time you escape, you can talk to Cerberus and you can pet him and you can give him some ambrosia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what I do with my dog all the time. It was, yeah, it, it was, it was a bit close to home that moment. I thought, don't. It was make a bit close. So you've you've escaped. Have you uh, rolled credits? Nah, man. Nah, I haven't rolled credits, baby. Have you? Yeah, I rolled credits on maybe my fourth or fifth escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, so you've done your season player. Oh yeah, I'm. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I, I am the. I am a feared in the underworld. <laughs> what, the oncoming what, storm, they call me. What do you guys mean storm. by by roll credits? So the credits for the game show up. <laughs> right. Yes. So does that not automatically? <laughs> no, so even the first time, the first time you escape, you can call that beating it because you've beaten your objective, mm-hmm. but. You can keep playing after that, yeah, yeah and then yeah. you still keeps... get more story and narrative, and then eventually the narrative sort of comes to a close, but it doesn't really, and then you roll credits, but I'm still playing, and I'm still getting I'm still getting like subplots between the gods and like a new dynamic mm. that I've unlocked essentially Some, like an extra god that you haven't seen before and stuff like that that was my my kind of worry when I first bought this game. Uh, I mean, it's only 20 quid, but, you know, the first couple of runs, I'm thinking, like, how Shit. long How long can I do this for, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. how long will it stay fresh? Um, I guess the, the the good thing is, like, with with each go, you kind of, you build you build up your character, you get better and better. So when you're, um, you're doing a run and you get, like, a room or two rooms further, that's, at that point, I'm like, Fuck yeah, and that I'm like I go at it like ready to die, not a care in the world. When the music comes then... on, that tune comes on, it's like, doo, 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 <laughs> like yeah. oh, the music is so good. Yeah, we need to talk about the music. Like and, and like the voice acting ties in with the music as well, because um I think it's all done by the same dude, Darren um da- Darren Corp. Corp? Yeah, Darren yeah. Corb. Um who's a bit of a Renaissance man. Seems to do almost everything in the game. He does sound he does i think he does a little bit of like art and animation as well no i i don't think he does any art or animation in the the documentary like in the no clip doc they say like yeah sometimes darren jumps on the uh the laptop does a bit (laughs) oh i can't remember that bit yeah they just like mentioned it a little bit but maybe that's a joke um yeah yeah so he he voices zagreus and Skelly and oh, I can't remember. He voices a lot of them. Skelly's great. Yeah, Skelly's brilliant. I love Skelly's like Brooklyn accent. Just the fact that he's there, he's there to be your punching bag, and he's yeah. like so happy about it. <laughs> he, um, he, I think you can give him a little treat, can't you? And he like helps you out at the start. Like, I think he gives you some quite like useful. Um, is it a trinket? Some kind of trinkets that when you give the god? Oh, it's either the trinket or the the keepsake. I can't remember. Yeah, one of those. Oh, I've got an excellent one at the moment, which is, I think, after every four rooms, one of my boons um, upgrades, like, gets plus one level to it. Uh, so if you equip that at the beginning, oh, you end oh. up at the end with, like, level eight fucking boons on you. Level eight boons, bro. Boons will always be funny. <laughs> I was trying not, uh, not to laugh at Athena's boons <laughs> and uh, yeah Persephone's boons and everyone's boons everyone's I'm a big fan <laughs> I'm a big fan of all the gods in this game why are they all so sexy why are they so <laughs> sexy I didn't even think that when I was playing it and then someone said that to me and I was like yeah you kind of are I'm like all quite good looking aren't they all of them yeah. <laughs> every single one <laughs> I think but that's maybe mate. not Skelly, but Skelly's what I've got. I actually know Hypno is a bit creepy. I think that's a problem I have with like um, a lot of like anime games or, or games that seem to be in this kind of style, which is on the more like cartoony, I guess, for want of a better word, end of end of, um, side of things. 
because like it's usually just like really like it's like hyper sexualized women do you know what i mean they like usually put in like ridiculously big boobs for like absolutely no reason every character seems to have them um but this game didn't i didn't i don't think it did that i mean they're all you know very attractive um cartoons i guess if i sound like an absolute weirdo but um they're not hypersexualized in the way that you might expect. Yeah. No. In this kind of style. They're just hot. But I, I don't <laughs> yeah, you, you don't really run the risk of, of being aroused by, by them at any point. It's a worry, uh, especially like you said with anime. Uh I steer clear of that. Um, <laughs> still clear, clear of anything like but that. But you're right, it's it is quite cartoon. It's it's really arcadey, this game. Yeah. And it, I know. it kind of um reminds me of the games i used to play as, as a kid on my on my very first console which was the uh the sega mega drive, oh mega drive. uh the, i had a mega drive um yeah i think of beauty um but that that's when um there was this one game that i used to play um and it kind of reminded me of this a lot of fighting a lot of like they're really violent those games on the um mega drive yeah, yeah, yeah. but um yeah i think it was that game where like I just couldn't beat it and I kept dying all the time and starting from the beginning. And like at one point, you know, picture me at five or six throwing the controller at the TV. Uh, <laughs> my dad Absolutely was livid. At, Mega Drive though. It's, when was that? Absolute, when was that released? That was a lot. That was the nineties, I think. Mega Drive, mate. Let me have a little look. I'm going to do a little bit of research. Um, Every time you turned it on, it would go Sega. <laughs> I don't remember it that that well, unfortunately. Okay, so it's it was nineteen eighty eight. Shipton, how old are you, mate? <laughs> no, I got I got it when I was like five, five or six. Okay, so it was like yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I was I was always kind of behind, I think, on the games console. I like oh, now I feel bad, mate. Thinking my first PlayStation till a uh, till like a year or two later. So around two thousand two, maybe I don't know around that time when everyone's talking about um the, the latest games you're like yeah sure man you got the playstation one in 2002 well uh how old was i i was about seven or eight so and yeah around that time yeah okay so yeah because then i think that's like i think the ps2 came out in 2001 <laughs> wow <laughs> Re- really behind Shit. yeah i um i had a gamecube that i was a big fan of at a GameCube, which I might have talked about in the last podcast. And someone it will be the out, next which, podcast. Yeah, that will be the <laughs> next podcast. We've only done half of it. Um, but yeah, you could pick that up and take that around with you. And it was like, it was quite nice because it was, I mean, it didn't, you know, it didn't have a screen that was attached to it. So you had to set it up and everything. But um, yeah, I suppose I suppose Nintendo are quite innovative in the way that they... What episode of... Is, is this speech? <laughs> this is, this is, I'm, I'm going to make the link. Well, we, we do, we're doing pickup lines for uh, for the last episode. <laughs> yeah, can link them together and then just do a two and one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to I was going to talk about Nintendo Switch, I guess, and that being a portable console in a way, and like the ability to like play Hades on Nintendo Switch as being like probably quite a very different experience from being on, from playing it on the PC or the top. So today, when I played Hades, is the first time that I've played Hades in handheld mode. Mm. I've always played it on the TV with um, the Pro controller, like the proper Switch controller. Why? Because it's it's quite a, it's a very fast, frenetic game where mm. a lot is on screen, and it's just I just find it easier to keep track of um, with a game like that. It, it, yeah, I find it a lot easier. So I'm I'm struggling. I I died like in the first uh, zone just now, playing on the switch. I oh, died on, in the, on first... the little screen. On the little yeah, screen I died. died in the first yeah. zone f- for like 15 attempts. I don't think. And then I went to the handheld. All right, mate. All right. I'm just saying, I'm very good at Hades. <laughs> Bloody amazing. What's your favourite weapon? Is it the shield? My favourite weapon. Hmm. You know, I, I really started to like the old bow towards the end, mate. Me and the bow didn't get along. And then I figured out, so what I did is, because obviously you can do this on Switch as well, but I changed my controls. So attack the attack button that was like, I got really used to like just using attack. I didn't use special very much. 
I was kind of like smashing the attack button and I would just like keep things simple. But I switched my special with my attack key. So like my brain was thinking I was attacking. It was I was playing just as good as I had been before. Uh-huh. But um but you know that like sweeping like arrow yeah, I don't know like what volley. you call it. Yeah, the like volley. I got I got this crazy build. It was so I basically had had deflect my special deflected. So I was volleying the whole time. It was deflecting stuff off. I was deflecting while I was dashing, and whenever my special hit someone, it stole some life from them. So I was basically like, like impenetrable, and I would regenerate the whole time. And it was it was too easy for me to enjoy. So I like put on. Um, I put on uh, a couple of, um, when you finish the game, you can like enter this mode where you basically can start making it more difficult for yourself. So I changed a few things and like switched it around. But yeah, it's just, just just interesting thinking about like, you know, having a build that was too good that actually the challenge wasn't there and it wasn't fun for me, which I think is what they've considered. Because a lot of games, you know, they would just raise the difficulty, wouldn't they? Rather than think about changing specific things. I think, uh, yeah, and that, that's why like, when you've got a variety of weapons if you've if the arrow was like if you didn't have this build on the arrow i think it would just be too weak because you know it's that pullback action and then in between that time you're going to get attacked um so like how how do they make like a weapon um good enough to for someone to use it instead of like everyone just using one one weapon yeah i thought i was going to use that that sort of, I don't know what it's called, the sort of gun. Oh, the adamant rail. That's like the precursor to all firearms. Yeah, that one. I thought I was going to rinse that. Because you could like do like a big old grenade shot, can't you, pretty much? And yeah. Just like be the other I, side. I of the very engine. rarely did that one, unless there was like a big group of them. You didn't use that one very often? No, not, not this. I think that's my least favourite weapon. When I did my first sort of, because I've got two save files on, Hades because I got quite far and I think I escaped but then I just felt like starting it again mm-hmm. and getting the full mm-hmm. story like now I knew what, what I was doing mm-hmm. and this time I was like right I'm gonna pick the weapon that you know every time you go out there's one weapon that gets a bonus yeah it has like it has like the darkness like 20% more darkness yeah. isn't it yeah so I would just always pick that weapon no matter what it was to like try and force me to use other weapons and to, mm-hmm. to not just keep doing the Athena shield deflect build that yeah, I kept trying yeah, yeah. to run and after that I was like okay I already love this game this is now one of my absolute favorite games of all time because every weapon is so good I got really into the bow because I realized that it just meant I had to stay out of the action I was so used to getting right in the middle of the action with the bow it's like no you can just stay back and just shoot them from afar mm. and still dash around and do stuff I've seen like some pretty weird like unconventional builds as well like I um, I mean, myself, I started to use this one quite a lot where I would cast and my cast would turn into a crystal and the crystal would be like a, like almost like a sentry gun and like, like a laser, like shoot for me. So I would just stand still, basically. And if, you, and if you build if you build one where like the crystal shoots for you and it like regens your health when it kills someone, kills some, the demon, sorry, you can just stand in the middle of the map and just chill. <laughs> that's that's really tactical isn't it that's tactical play the other thing with the weapons though i don't know even if you've got to this round from escaping but they then each have more variants of each other once i think once you escape for the first time each weapon has like four different variants so even after you've used all the weapons it's like oh well you like the shield well how about this shield but every time you throw it you throw out three or you, and then you can keep upgrading that so the amount of shields you throw out just gets more and more and more. God, a lot of shields. <laughs> I did just did an upgrade for the spear that took my health down by like 60%, but every time I hit someone with a special, you know the special with the spear is like yeah. you charge up and spin around. Spin, yeah. It would send out a spinning like rift to anyone that got hit by that, it would heal me. Ah, so it was like a, like a life stealer yeah thing that's sick and i was like so that means there's what six weapons for 24 different weapons essentially bloody hell and all of them make you play in a completely different way that's why this game is just incredible look i'm still i think i've had over 70 attempts altogether, and i'm still finding new builds and new 
uh, ways to play because of how the weapon or the boons demand it. Oh, you've got a long journey ahead of your ship. Gotta, <laughs> this it's, is going to ruin uh, yeah, your social life. You, you do find it. It's like a super nuanced game, more so than than it looks on the surface. Um, like the premise itself is pretty simple, but what they've put into this, the the amount of detail, which you don't even realise, just to make this game what yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. is incredible. It's and like, I, um, sorry, you go. You no, go. go on. I was going to say, I was going to hit you with the fact. Go on. There's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, there's talking about detail, the level of detail they've put in. There's um, 300,000, I think, words of dialogue. So I think that's someone yeah. worked it out and it's like, yeah, like the amount in like a Game of Thrones novel. That's an insane amount. But one of my mates from uni, talking to Game of Thrones, when I went, just going on a little tangent here. Um, one of my mates from uni, who was a bit of a recluse and he was quite a funny character. He had all these strange hobbies. He's just spent the last last. He was into candle making at one point. He was yeah. He's a very he's a very talented man. Um, he has just spent the last two years working night shifts at Sainsbury's and then in the daytime working on his fantasy novel. That is two hundred thousand words long. Well, what does that equate to in pages? Do you know, Ryan? Oh, I'm not sure, mate. I'll have to depends how big the pages are. It's more than uh, it's more words than are in the first Game of Thrones book. Christ, and that's that's like a that's a chong <laughs> that's a big old book. That's an absolute whopper. I read the first one. I um, I watched the series and then started to read the books, and um, because they were different, and because I was just so lazy, I was like, I don't want to read. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to. I just want to eat. I just want to eat crisps and watch people have sex. So then I just started uh, watching the series and I feel like I, I could never read the books now because um, I've ruined it for myself. <laughs> it's never going to be as good. No. They are different though, aren't they? Yeah, I thought about it and then I sort of came to the same conclusion as you, Ryan. So I couldn't be asked. But now that it ended badly, I kind of am tempted to read a version that may end well. You don't want to like leave on such a sour note, do you? Yeah, I know what you mean. No one gives a shit anymore. I can't. It's such like a global reception to the, like sort what, of like the a last global couple bad of reaction. To yeah, it. yeah. So something that was the most beloved and talked about thing for like nearly ten years. I know. You'd always, yeah, you'd always have conversations about it during the week, wouldn't you? And like, yeah, yeah. I missed that. I missed that. Like, miss that chat. It is super sad. I think. I think it was the the showrunners that weren't they just like. I guess they were, they were forced to kind of condense the last few series, but but also they're probably like eager to get onto uh, their next project at that point. I think I think they were, they were like working on Star Wars together. Yeah, they're doing a Star a Star Wars trilogy, I think. Oi, oi, Matt from the future here. Apologies for the audio right now. I haven't got my proper microphone. Anyway, just to say, the showrunners of Game of Thrones aren't doing Star Wars anymore. That might be the first and last time I get a piece of Star Wars trivia wrong. And it fucking better be. If not, I should hand in my Star Wars card. Anyway, back to the past. Yes, past. See ya. And maybe that's the one with Ryan Johnson as well. I know Ryan Johnson's got a What's trilogy. Um, he's the director of The Last Jedi. Oh, the one okay. that no one likes for some reason. <laughs> my favourite of the three. I mean, I'm not going to comment. You're not a fan. I can't even remember which one the last Jedi was. <laughs> they're kind yeah. of they're the last Empire, the last Jedi, the last. I don't know. I I know I liked the original three. He did. He directed Knives Out and Looper. Did, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Well, that, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah, his, his accent in in that was uh <laughs> was ridiculously good. In a bad way. I don't know why I loved it so much. <laughs> it was good in a bad way. You're right. It made the film. You're sort of like, yeah, all right, Daniel, you just do that. Like, I'm going to ignore you. <laughs> Still, though, you, you kind of at the end, you're left wanting more from him. Like, Are you? Yeah. more well, You're like, oh, I kind of miss Daniel Craig and his weird accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched Casino Royale again recently, and it was like, it was just so good, man. It was just like, Pete it's Craig. oh, Casino Royale is absolutely amazing yeah i think it's i think it's um still my favorite bond ever yeah same because you've got that um the chase in madagascar on the cranes oh yeah the whole parkour thing yeah that is so good the cranes and then of course you got mads 
as the chief. Oh yeah, the chief. Mm. The chief. Top top quality actor. He's built to be a villain, isn't he, Mads? Yeah. Yeah. Although, actually, I watched um, the hunt. Uh, have you seen that? Oh, I haven't. Oh my god, yeah, dark, isn't it? That's yeah. In in that, he's uh, he's not actually a villain, but he 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 plays he plays it so well. Like he's just got the the capacity to do both. I think be, be the villain and and the victim as well. I wish we could have Mads on. Oh my god, I'd kill Mads to on? talk to Mads. <laughs> Bloody hell! I'd kill an international agent to talk to Mads and eat them. <laughs> That's a Hannibal reference. Never got into that one. Cannibalism. <laughs> I like army. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we need. To, well, maybe we don't need to discuss that. It's uh, it's quite a dark subject matter, isn't it? It is quite dark. We also discussed it on one episode, but because I didn't say allegedly, I had to edit it out. Really? Is that a thing? You've got you've got to say allegedly. Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't think anyone's listening. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. We have over fifty downloads, Matthew. <laughs> I wanted to give a shout out. Oh, I've lost the page now. Can I give a shout out? Is this a, is this the thing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't do shout outs. <laughs> what? Are we a radio station? I want to give a shout out to the people listening to us in France, Australia, Germany, India, Canada, Japan, and Peru. Um, and also a shout out to the one person in Virginia, because we've got as many downloads in Virginia as we've got episodes, which means that there is one person who's listened to every episode. Big shout out to you. Big fan. That's amazing. Oh, welcome to the show, you Virginian. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Virginian. <laughs> that sounds like an insult, doesn't it? No, it's really nice to know that, yeah, so many people are, um, are engaging with it. I mean, who knew that we'd be we'd be big in Peru? I mean, <laughs> that was bad, absolutely bad, absolutely bad. Thousands of people in Peru <laughs> <laughs> gather on the streets. I hear to listen to us every week. It is just the one download in Peru, actually. <laughs> Fuck, you're not supposed to say that. They got best narrative, and you're like, why? Because the the, the story is just him trying to escape. But I, I guess it's the the fact that all the characters just say um, there, there's not that there's not a repeat. They kind of have this mm. memory, which gives them this quality of um, of being more alive than than they are. Yeah, defo, defo. I guess that makes it interesting. Yeah, it's it's reactive. Like the first. Yeah, that that's the word I was looking for. Reactive. I like the first time when you um, beat Meg and then you die and go back. And you come back and the next conversation you have with Meg is like, you know, I'm not going to go as easy on you next time. And then she might do another move in the next f- time you fight her or she seems to be a bit more aggressive is what I noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she'll switch out, won't she, between her and her. Oh, God, the first time that one of her sisters appeared, I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it was this zombie version of her. <laughs> like- the one that should murder. Murder. <laughs> that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's. I think it's uh, one of those games that seem to have. It seems to have like. It reminds me of one of those books where you're kind of. You might have a kind of multiple choices, so it's not necessarily going to give every player the same kind of experience because you can, I think, play it without interacting with the plot in any real way. Like there'll be key moments that will that will play out but you can play the whole game without speaking to um nicks for instance who's like a key a key part of the plot or um or some of the other people in the um in the underworld so you can basically just like speed through it if you want to or you can play it so it satisfies both needs i think yeah i i really like that fact that's why i really like dark souls Mm. because and the souls games like bloodborne because all of their story and all of the lore of the world is just in tiny little item descriptions. So things that will just take you about 10 seconds to read. And then you get like five or six cutscenes throughout the entire thing and they're never that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can just play it just blasting through, not paying any attention to the story if you want. Or if you actually want to know what's going on, all you've got to do is just like investigate the world that you're in. Mm, mm. It satisfies both, doesn't it? Yeah, instead of just being like... And Metal Gear Solid 4, where it, I think there's this cutscene in Metal Gear Solid 4 that's an hour and a half. 
What? No. Something like that. No. It that might be longer. Ridiculous. No, it's that longer. Is, it might be longer. <laughs> uh, it just becomes cutscene, 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 doesn't it? These huge games, and you're just like, nah. Like I've got like I've got real life to contend with. I think The Last of Us does it really well because the cutscenes are so well animated and mm. performed, and they don't outstay their welcome. Yeah, they're necessary, aren't they? Yeah. And it's just such a beautiful game as well, The Last of Us. Like visually, you're just like hanging on every frame, aren't you? So, th- so that's a, a PlayStation uh, ex- exclusive, isn't it? The Last of Us. It is. It's seventy-one minutes. The cutscene in Metal Gear Solid Four. Oh, that's, it. <laughs> that's stupid. Do not imagine you're playing. Imagine you're, you've sat down. Oh, I'll, I'll put a bit of Metal Gear on. I've got I've got about an hour and eleven minutes to fit in. Oh yeah, oh, teasing about half an hour. I'll chuck it on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> still going. Yeah, night, nightmare. Yeah, I'm thinking like those times where you've been playing and you really need to go to bed, but you're like, oh, I just want to get to like this yeah. end of this chapter, like so that. I don't start in the middle of a story beat or whatever. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. right, I wait to the end of this cutscene, <laughs> just an hour and ten minutes later. That that's a that's almost uh, almost a film. That's, Such that's a, a flex. good that's Such a good a flex, episode. That is. Like, yeah, <laughs> that, is a, that wow. is a bumper episode. That's a that's a season finale right there. <laughs> oh Kojima like just seems to just not give a fuck, does he? he? Just like he just does whatever the hell he wants. I don't even know if he wants to make a game or if he really wants to make a film. Why, yeah, I don't think he wants to make a film, mate. Death Stranding was like a music video, a game, a film, a, like it was just all these crazy things, wasn't it? It was like genreless. Um, have you ever played uh, Death Stranding ship? No, I haven't. I haven't. You heard of it before? No, that's not one that I've heard of. Really. Oh, is it, well, uh, this... what is it? So it's made by the same, um, I think Kojima was the director. I'm not sure of the company. I think he split and gone, gone his uh, way after Metal Gear, hasn't he? Yeah, so yeah, he was the creative director and writer yeah, and like yeah. creator of Metal Gear, and Metal Gear Solid. And then yeah. he left Konami, Konami and then set up his own uh, studio and made Death Stranding, which is the world's best Amazon delivery simulator. <laughs> it's basically also one big cutscene so like you, like you kind of there's just a lot of cutscenes there's an awful lot of well t- to be fair i don't think the cutscenes are that bad although i definitely in the last sort of act actually not the last chapter of yeah. death stranding it is just cutscene after cutscene and i was like by this point i did not give a fuck about the story because yeah. the dialogue is so badly it's so bad but the acting is so good that it is just bizarre I'm sure. I'm sure. I've talked about this on an episode before. I think we're already repeating. <laughs> no, we've definitely we've, talked about Death Stranding. I think we've talked about it a bit, but um, it's just such a huge game, and it's such a bizarre game. That I feel like you could. There's so many elements you could discuss. Should, yeah, well, we should do a full episode. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bookmark. Was that Death Stranding? Yeah, yeah, I think it's on PC now as well. Oh, I have heard of this because it's the guy from. Oh yeah, it's Walking Dead. It's, it's Norman Reedus. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Norman. It's Norman. Norman Reedus. What's his name in the Walking Dead? That's what I was Darryl. trying to think of. Daryl. 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 and Carol. <laughs> Daryl and Carol and Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Carl. <laughs> Carl. You know what? He's been. He's become a bit of a heartthrob in this. Uh, in the Walking Dead, he's had Is Carol it? as a love interest. Then he had another love interest. Who? And then he had two more. Who, Carl? Uh, no, Daryl. Oh, oh yeah, Daryl, yeah, yeah. Carl's a child. I was going to say, I thought you were saying Carl and Carol hooked up, and I was like, that would be a very strange turn. Wildly, wildly inappropriate. <laughs> I don't know, Daryl. I guess it's that, it's that match, he's that macho figure now, isn't he? Now that, uh, spoiler alert, Rick Grimes is, uh, is gone. He's gone. Grimes is gone. Didn't he just get on a helicopter or something? They left it really open. Oh, classic. Yeah, and I, I, and I'm guessing it's for that. Like, should he choose to come back? There's something that they can do there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name in real life? Andrew something. Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln. He must have got so bored of playing that role, though. Like, I often think that about actors who are in who are in the same role for like ten years. Yeah. You would just be itching for a new job, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like. 
the with these guys um I, I, was, I was watching the no clips documentary and i was thinking their workspace and how they work and it's like a really for hades, tight yeah. yeah for hades sorry they've got like a really tight knit team and they're all working in this really cool looking space and you're like, oh, I'd love to, you know, I'd, know. I'd love to be working in, with with those guys. And then you think they're they're spending like years making this game. They're probably tearing each other's hair out by the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I always think that about it, like indie game studios and design studios. I always think like, oh, what like an amazing workplace. Like, yeah, you would see every side. You would see every side of the people you work with, wouldn't you? And it'd be so like the camaraderie would be like mad. I think. Yeah. To one of those places. Um, but but to work so closely for such an extended period, yeah, that's yeah. that's quite intense. But I guess it it will build that bond, and um, yeah, so you, you'll get some people who'd want to move on to the to the next project. But um, it's interesting how they they did like an early release for this game mm, to test the waters. Yeah, because I know you guys have talking on previous episodes about like art. Because Ryan, you're an artist, right? Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> we've got to say allegedly uh <laughs> matt goward allegedly also an artist um yeah so putting your work out there like even this podcast putting this podcast out there, if you were doing something that was unfinished that's like a pretty uh yeah pretty i mean it's something terrifying idea it's something that i've only really noticed through this game like i've, I've not i definitely hadn't played a, uh, a huge amount of indie titles i know matt that you're someone that's played a lot of indie titles um, before and so you have quite a background in like that kind of that kind of um, side of gaming but yeah i was just i'm so used to consuming things at the final product and the idea of sending something out unfinished like t- as a creative like terrifies me yeah like i would want it to be you know perfect but nothing is perfect you know when you put it out and it's probably quite a good thing that they are getting feedback but um do you know any other games that have done this matt uh yeah so PUBG. Oh yeah, that well, that was when that first came out. It was so buggy. Uh, well, it was loads of games. The Ark Survival Evolved, Sea of Thieves. I think Sea of Thieves may have done. I don't know, maybe. Uh, is it fact factually might be incorrect? I would, I, <laughs> I I disclaimed at the, at the beginning. You did. <laughs> Allegedly, yeah, cover our backs. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess people are making this the most of this this whole culture in games where they'll, they'll release it and then if something's wrong with it they'll patch it whereas before obviously you'd get a game and that does it yeah <laughs> i don't know what they did but... bug, no nothing if you had a bug you were fucked that's it there was a there was a bug or like a little glitch in um was it the san andreas release where um, you could was it called hot coffee have we talked about this before <laughs> where you could basically um yeah you could like view a sex scene and like because obviously it was released in disc format you couldn't patch it it was there for good i think <laughs> that was part of the reason for it um i'm gonna i'm gonna double check but i believe they put it in there which was like uh, it was supposed to be a mini game that they put in there and then they took it out but they couldn't take it out without like breaking the code it's quite happened often. <clears throat> it happens quite often with games. That's why you get people who like data mine games and are able to find hidden bosses and stuff because it's too much work for them to physically take it out without breaking what's been built on top of it. So they just lock it away, and someone managed to find the hot coffee mod. That's weird. So well, that that's an animated sex scene in a game. So, yeah, but it's like a mini game. You're like pressing buttons whilst you're doing it. So you're participating. <laughs> you're, part of, you're a participant. <laughs> the, like, the plot thickens. What the hell? The plot thickens, mate. Yeah. Where can I get my hands on this? <laughs> what, what, Ryan, what game was I in? San Andreas. San Andreas. No, I never got into San Andreas. I think I was quite um, like, what's the word? You're I only a FIFA kind guy. Of, well, boy. no, actually, I, I I I was into it for a bit, but mostly mostly Call of Duty, and then occasionally I'd venture into um, Skyrim and some uh, Red Dead Two and like role play games that were yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that because it's quite a good medium, I think games, and it can take you into another world in a way that movies can't. I guess TV series mm. can because I I it's the more There's time you spend, yeah, to tell a story, yeah precisely so that's, i know what you mean yeah I'm i feel like they've that... only really 
Sorry, Matt, what are you say? I was going to say, I was thinking the same thing whilst I was play, replaying Red Dead 2. It's like the writing in this game and the voice acting and the characters, everything about it is so good in every cutscene that, like, I, I've already played this game, but it just feels like I'm watching a series. Mate, that a series so, that I'm actively participating in and I'm seeing these so characters good. grow and my character is, grow. It's just phenomenal. It's incredibly smooth as well, like Red mm. Dead. Like it's just so seamless to the point where like you'll there'll be a cutscene playing and Arthur will be like in a certain position. That cutscene will end. And instead of flipping back to you and play with you, it will slowly go back seamlessly to like the game world and you'll be in that position. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing, the detail. Um, the hair just, growth as well it's just mad mm. yeah. yeah love growing my hair out really long and going and shaving it and watching it grow out really long again <laughs> so satisfying <laughs> simple pleasures in life. so satisfying <laughs> just like my hair does that <laughs> that's like real life it's like wow <laughs> oh it is weird oh. how sometimes we're really attracted to those little things that are um, quite mundane Something yeah. as boring as watching your beard grow and shaving it because <laughs> that's what we do, man. <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah, it Epic, is weird, Epic Games have just, um, they've received or they, they've they got $1 million, I think, uh, funding to create a metaverse. Do you know? Do you guys know what a metaverse is? No, go ahead. Okay. Explain. So talking about wanting to experience like real life things in, in, in a virtual world, they um, are looking to research a kind of what I'm guessing will be like a three-dimensional game world that's a bit like Second Life. Um, Second Life, for those that don't know, is kind of, I guess, The Sims like en masse, but you play from a first-person perspective. So it's like a Second Life, as it says on the tin. Um, And it's a bit like Ready Player One, that film that I didn't actually see in the end. Um, It had a very good shining sequence. Yeah. A shining sequence. Yeah, there's a sequence in the Overlook Hotel. That is brilliant. Rest of them, yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> isn't it Spielberg? Yeah. Yeah. He is. Spiel. I mean, we kind of grew up in a time where Spielberg was like a, this holy figure in the movie yeah. world. So whatever he kind of made, you kind of assumed was a, was going to be really good. good. But then I guess, yeah. yeah I don't I think never... it's bad, Ready Player One. I think it is a decent film, but it's just a bit, I don't know. It just feels a it's bit soulless. It's a big concept, and I think yeah. I think you've um, you like you, you could risk getting lost in the concept and not focusing on an actual story. Do you know what I mean? Like because it's this crazy idea, you just like yeah, we'll do everything. What is the concept? Do, do you could you quickly go through it of Ready Player One? Yeah. So it it's set in the future. Everyone plays this game that's like virtual reality game. You put a helmet on, you slip into it. Um, and everyone lives in these slums that are like containers piled on top of each other, like shipping mm-hmm. containers. And this game that everyone plays, the creator dies and says that he's left an Easter egg in the game. And if anyone can find the Easter egg, I've, maybe they get like his entire fortune or control of the company. Uh-huh. So this kid who like grew up playing this game and absolutely loves it enters the competition to try and find the Easter egg. So it's a lot of like good blockbuster fun. It's, it was nice to see Spielberg doing a bl- blockbuster again because he hasn't done one in years, really. Mm. Maybe it's since War of the Worlds. Has he done like a big thing like War of the Worlds since then? Oh, well, is that the, the so. Tom Cruise version? Yeah, that was Spielberg, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. it was. I think it was. Tom Cruise. Oh my God, there's a Tom Cruise deep fake. Have you seen the Tom Cruise deep fake? No. <laughs> so good. So someone is like basically, uh, do you know what deep fake is shit? No, I'm gonna have to literally just Google it on my phone while so you it's, talk. It's um, it's basically like a. A lot of people might not know what it is because it's quite weird and obscure. But it's basically a um, it's where you use CGI to map someone else's face onto some another person's face. It could be yourself, but it could also be like a pre-existing piece of footage. And so this guy who does an amazing Tom Cruise um impression also happens to be amazing at CGI <laughs> deep faking. So he's he's put Tom Cruise on his face and it's so realistic. Oh, I think I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's literally like going through the motions, doing some weird Tom Cruise shit and like being a bit 
doing his laugh and it's just like oh my word like i think it was on on tiktok i think but it was it it was a a tom cruise video and you're like it was so believable but you you thought this is i think even too ridiculous for tom cruise yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah damn he he really does a good impression it's so good it's so so good also tom cruise still looks great timeless what what a man I mean, I do love Tom Cruise. Personally, I'm not. I'm not sure what he would be like in in, in real life because um, he's got. He's quite opinionated. He's got. Uh, he's a Scientologist, uh, and it's quite. Uh, I don't want to say weird. <laughs> I don't want to offend. I um, think it's fine to say that Scientology is very strange. It's strange <laughs> to me, anyway. Um, but Tom Cruise's film allegedly. He, he's Tom Cruise has never made a bad film. I'll, I'll, what do you think? That's what factually think? correct. <laughs> Fact. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Have you seen Vanilla Sky? Loved it. Oh, Loved I fucking it. hate Vanilla. What Sky. is it about? P- Penelope it's such Cruise, a good concept Tom for a Cruise. film. It is an amazing concept for a film, Vanilla Sky, and it is just so weird. And is it Cruise and Cruise? Cruise and yeah, Cruise. Yeah, Cruise and they, Cruise. They they hooked up after that as well. Really, um, some cruise on cruise action. <laughs> yeah, um, who would take whose name? Uh, but uh, he said, I think he said that was one of the films he was most proud of uh, making. So there you go, there you go, Matt. I mean, yeah, it is very strange for like a Tom Cruise film. It is very arty and weird. It's not a, a typical Tom Cruise action film, or. No. What's the, pre- what's the premise? What's the premise of Vanilla Sky? He gets is like a really rich guy who gets injured in a car accident, and then he's got a disfigured face, and then he yeah. goes around wearing a mask, and then there's a big twist at the end. But I think part of the reason I hated this film is because when my brother explained it to me, he explained the twist as part of the plot. Oh no! So then when it's revealed at the end, I was like, oh, I thought we already knew that, and it wasn't kind of a, I can't even remember what the twist was yeah so maybe I should rewatch it well I think that's um, a thing isn't it when you hear too much about something before you experience it you kind of get this uh, false sense of I don't know like Matt said he thought he should have like known that all along but that's just because someone else told him beforehand it wasn't actually in the film yeah um, uh, yeah and it can impact like your it can impact how you view the film, and the film's done nothing wrong. Yeah, I hate. Yeah. Tra- I, I don't. I don't uh, watch trailers anymore. I've stopped watching yeah, trailers no, and things, um, because of that reason, and and also because of the fact that like there are often different types of trailers, aren't there? So you'll have you'll have the trailer that's released, which is a kind of a long cut and will show a lot of detail. You have a trailer that's a, more of a teaser, a suspenseful thing, and mm-hmm. um, the trailers can really impact like the feel of the film as well. There was a really good. Um, so they made Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, oh, it's a horror film. It's a horror film. <laughs> they did the Mrs. Doubtfire so trailer. It's a horror film and it's terrifying. You can look at it on YouTube. It's really good. Yes, yeah, proper creepy, isn't it? Yeah, how trailers can, can warp the film um, so much. Beauty of editing, baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you guys like Greek mythology? Oh, 100%, yeah. It is some of the best stories ever written yeah like absolutely incredible same with norse mythology as well yeah yeah norse norse is good norse is really good you just hate um, christians don't you Matt? you just hate christians it's just a re it's just really boring it's just like one guy helping another guy by the side of the road like where's the drama in that yeah where like where's the freaking giant snakes yeah there's a lot mythology, of drama do you man. know how aphrodite is born Go on. So, right. So, Aphrodite, she comes from uh, basically when Chaos or Kronos decided to slice the testicles off his father Uranus. He threw them into the sea. Wow. And Aphrodite was born from the foam of his. Created by the balls. Created by the balls (laughs) of the foamy semen. Obscure. Aphrodite. The the Greek word aphros means foam. That is some strong ball game. I can't remember. There's another another god. I think it might be Uranus. He eats one of his children, or he eats because he doesn't want children. He he knows his children are going to kill him, 
he eats one of his children and then the child has got like a mig he, one day he has a migraine and he goes to get it checked out at like the god gps or whatever <laughs> and then it turns out that um it's like one of his children is hammering their way out of his head wow this is like the og surrealism isn't it like it's so so bizarre and just imaginative i feel like our storytelling now is always seems to be rooted in not like too much logic but no it does though it always follows the hero's journey doesn't it there's no heroes really in greek there are heroes there are like good people in greek mythology but Mm. a lot of the stories with the gods the gods are like are not good people yeah yeah they're petty they're vindictive in the game you see that don't you you see like yeah although hades is portrayed as this antagonist like actually when you start to play it you realize that like that there are no good or bad guys in this it's just luck um Mm. and he's sort of been cast down to the underworld um because he shot he drew the short straw basically so so nix um who's who's in the game um who kind of helps sagrius she is, according to Wikipedia, the like great grandmother of Zeus or something. Mm. I, I got the impression she was uh, she like Hades was. She wasn't the ball tosser. She didn't. Yeah. Throw the Who threw the balls, Matt? <laughs> Who threw the balls? I was Kronos. Kronos, classic Kronos. Kronos. Classic, mate. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, also Theseus. I thought Theseus was a was a good guy. In, in... oh god, he's such a cunt, isn't he? He's a twat. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> what? I know. I get why what he's doing in hell in this game. But what's he doing in hell? Well, I thought he was a good guy. Is he not in in actual like myth, uh, Greek mythology? I, yeah, I don't know. I just I like the idea that he's just sort of this uh, sort of braggy, overconfident warrior. Yeah, he's just a like a bit of a snobby bastard. Didn't like his smile. Didn't like it. His smile was like uh, was crooked and wonky. Smug, oh. smug man. Smug. Yeah. Not into it. Not into it. Come on, dude. He he was like probably my favorite boss though because the challenge of that like two opponents was oh. well intense. Oh, because it, it was him in, and, and the Minotaur. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It was exactly like Dark Souls one with Ornstein and Smile. As soon as it got to the two of them, I was like, "Fucking hell, let's go." Yeah. That's, that was the fight that <laughs> I died this. at. I think yeah, maybe 10, 15 times in a row. What kept getting I just you? couldn't get past him. Was it his, was it his like um, his sort of crosshair spear throw? Yeah, that kept. It was that, and then also because I always went for the Minotaur first mm. or the Minotaur mm. first. Oh, I see. Especially because yeah, sometimes before. you could fight him before, mm. and I think you get him down to like three quarters health or a quarter of his health. And then he'll come back. That when you fight him with feces, yeah, yeah. he's only got like seventy five percent of his health. But yeah, I would always get rid of him first, and then once feces is on his own, he gets a boon from one of the gods that you haven't accepted a boon from, mm. and they're just fucking firing shit down at you. <laughs> and you got trying to dodge this mad spear thrower who throws yeah. it so fast you don't even see him throw it. It's just it just hits you. Yeah, it is a really good boss fight. There's a the Minotaur can like he can he does a two he does two swing attacks and then he like jumps up and does a pound. But he if you change direction, he changes direction in midair and will follow oh, you. Oh, interesting. So you can't escape the well, you sort of can. Well, you can, but you've just got to like make sure you time it. Yeah. Right. Um, I didn't find I didn't find hazy 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 Hades. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a special boss, Snoop Dogg. I didn't, I didn't find um, Hades that difficult to kill. I definitely struggled Did you? a lot okay. with Hades. Okay. There's a bit when he like gets all the shields around him and he's just firing laser beams mm. and there is literally no gaps in between them. Mm. Mm. It took me ages to realise I could get behind rocks. I see, yeah, and use those as little... Yeah, little or cards. if you have the shield, just pop the shield up. Which boss did you get up to, Shep? Did you manage to, to get to the Bone Hydra? Um, I got up to Theseus, I think. Did you? I can get past. Oh, yeah, you, of get course, past. yeah. No. Damn. Damn. Once you wipe that smug smile off his face. Yeah, but... Are... I... Oh, no, Sorry, I was go. just going to say, I, I, I didn't play it as much as I would have liked because um, I kind of only... I, I rinsed it on the weekend and, um, like, 
it's one of those games where like you get to a stage where like ah oh, I've had enough and then like you put it down and then you're like <laughs> oh, I want to play it again <laughs> I want to pick it back up but um like during this I only I only bought it on the weekend rinsed it on the weekend and and a bit on like early early week but uh yeah I, I didn't get to play it as much due to work unfortunately but um I think yeah it's a game that I'll carry on playing like. This this podcast was an excuse for me to buy it because mm, I, I wanted mm. to anyway, and now I've got it. I'm I'm gonna hopefully see it through. If if you are struggling, especially like with the time constraints, you can put on God mode, which it basically gives you like a damage um, reduction, or enemies have a damage reduction, or you have like better defense against attacks mm. by like two percent, but only every time you die. So if you just keep doing well, then the game won't change. But every time you die, you just get a bit more, it gets a bit more easier. Yeah. Which I think is a really good idea to like, good Mm. way of pushing through the story. If you kind of want to see what happens or just want to not struggle too much, get a bit more upgrades going. Yeah. I mean, like Ryan said, there's, there's, uh, and there's something about a challenge, which makes, which makes it fun. But on the other hand, sometimes, um, you just want to get through it and just kind of experience. Yeah, you don't want to be too world. relentless, do you? You don't want to like. Yeah, I think you can turn it on and off as well. The God mode. Yeah, you can. Yeah, and then once you um get to like once you've escaped and then you just keep escaping, you can obviously increase the difficulty even more with these modifiers. Mm. So I've got I had like a modifier that um would give uh each boss a new technique or a new f- thing about the boss encounter. And with the first one with Meg, I've had to fight all three of them at once. Really? All three sisters. It was horrible. <laughs> only only one of them has a health bar and is like there the entire time. But oh, the others just come in at random points and do their attacks. Yeah, yeah. And it really it, throws yeah. you off. Damn, man. Yeah, I really struggled with Meg, um, the first one. But that, that was just, I think it was... Um, me just not realizing um i was it was still like pretty new to the game and oh, figuring yeah, out yeah, how yeah. to like um build just build up properly and um getting used to the keyboard well thank you very much gentlemen for joining me this evening on a journey through hell itself um we will be back next week with the hit console that's right we're doing a console whole entire game system the nintendo wii So we'll see you then. Thanks very much for joining us. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, sir.